This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. Our guest today is my friend Brandon Weatherby. Brandon is a friend of the podcast. He was the very first guest on Political Theater. Uh, he is also the host of his own podcast, You Meet Them Everybody, and the co-author of The Donald, How Trump Turned Presidential Politics into Pro Wrestling. And, uh, you know, the reason that I'm talking to Brandon today, too, is that he is working on a piece uh, about social media and about uh, different norms on it. And it just so happens that the president himself is also interested in talking about social media this week. Brandon, welcome to Political Theater. Thank you for having me. Nothing people people never want to hear about norms and the current president of the United <laughs> States of America. Just want to make that clear, uh, and I'd like to apologize before we even really begin. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, no apologies required, but always welcome. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's talk about uh, like the, our our discussion, our our pre discussion on this, uh, which is that you were uh, uh, working on a piece uh, about social media and how social media uh, could be run in a in a perhaps ideal. Uh, more ideal situation. It's not complicated. So, uh, have, have you? You're 21 or older, right? Uh, I'm just barely 21. Yes, that's you're, correct. You're <laughs> you've been you've been to places that serve uh, alcohol, right? Yes. I know that no one could go, go into them, but you've been to places in the past in our yes, previous uh, world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before March, I had been to some of these establishments. I believe they're called bars or yeah, taverns, bars, taverns, pubs, yeah. good places, whatever. Uh, <laughs> do you think? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg went to a lot of bars when he was in uh, college. Uh, based on uh, the, uh, the the movie The Social Network, where Jesse Eisenberg, perhaps the only person who could really appropriately uh, uh, convey the angst of Mark Zuckerberg as an actor, uh, I don't think so. I don't think he went to a lot of bars. Yeah, I agree. You think Jack from Twitter has been to a lot of bars? You think uh, Jack, the guy that wanted 140 characters at a time and now it's 280 characters at a time, you think he went to a lot of places that encouraged long-form conversation between people? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I doubt it, although probably more likely than Zuckerberg. This is just me spitballing. Jack eats one meal a day. No one that eats one meal a day is going to a lot of bars unless they're going to bars to deal and or consume drugs. Moving on. <laughs> if you run Facebook, if you run Twitter, if you run Instagram, if you run everything else, like a bar, like a tavern, like a neighborhood pub, you could eliminate 90% of those problems almost instantly. I've been thinking about this since AOC was elected in 2018. She is the most recent politically relevant person that whose previous job was working in a bar. If you work in a bar, you have to deal with people you don't like because they pay your salary. And uh, that's also a joke because no one that works in a bar gets a salary, but moving on. Uh, the tips, yeah. I mean, it's, it's co close enough. At this you point. can't predict what you're taking home. But the, the point is this. 
there's some civility there that goes along with adult beverages that is missing on social media. And that's the biggest problem with it. When you go to a bar, you choose to go to the bar that you go into. That's just how it works. The same way you choose who you follow, who's in your circle. But then there's those people in the bar like, you don't really want to be there, but like we're all under the same roof. So like we can't yell fire in a crowded theater. It's the same idea of that. You can't just start a race war in a bar without expecting to be kicked out of that bar. You will be asked to leave or be forced to leave. I worked in a bar. You've been to a bar. These are basic common sense rules that work in every single state in this country, if not the world. And I understand why Twitter and Facebook don't want to do this. I really do. But I really think at the end of the day, it's just because the people at the top didn't have that bar culture experience. It didn't form who they are when it comes to groupthink. And that's the kind of stuff that matters. And the people that thrive, I sound like I'm on a soapbox and I totally am. The people that thrive in this setting are people that also haven't spent a lot of time in bars because they, they don't have that tact. They don't know how to behave around strangers that they might not agree with. They've chosen these ways to isolate themselves. And now in 2020, it's the best time ever to isolate yourself. And, and you know, the, what, had, what sort of prompted the president's angst this week and, and his threatening to sign an executive order that would uh, possibly uh, take away some of the legal protections that tech companies and social media firms uh, enjoy on, on free speech grounds is that one of his tweets about mail-in, claiming mail-in uh, ballots for for voting was was rife with fraud in California, uh, got a fact check label on Twitter. Uh, and and this, you know, the, the president said that this was a sign of bias and that he was, you know, that social media firms are in the tank for the Democrats and they're just, you know, and he was going to sort of take enact his revenge on them uh, through through something. But I mean, is this just Jack Dorsey who's defending this, you know, th- this? I mean, he, they didn't say it was wrong. They just said, get the facts, you know, on the thing. Is this Jack Dorsey basically saying like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to act like a bouncer for a little bit here. No, no, it's it's random. And if anything, it makes Twitter look like they're good guys. But no, the fact they've just been complicit in this entire thing, their entire existence. Same with Facebook. It, it changes nothing other than keeping Twitter in the spotlight. Good for Twitter in that way. But this is something that should have been there since the start. Anyone that has a blue check should always be fact-checked or you don't get a blue check. It's not complicated. And if you're giving out too many blue checks, get, take some blue checks away. If you're not verified, it's whatever. But if you are verified, this stuff really does matter. And it really matters for like a select group of, I don't know, like 10 individuals. And one of them is the most powerful person in the world because they know how to use a bully pulpit better than everyone else. Now, one other thing that just occurred to me too about like the use of social media and and your, you know, your suggestion, which is that it should be run like a bar. People should be able to get along. And if somebody gets unruly, you throw them out. Uh, is that Donald Trump does not drink. No, Donald Trump does not drink, and neither does Joe Biden. But Joe Biden has... He's Irish. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> he's, he's, he's his, his best friend in the entire world is Barack Hussein Obama. And he's been in a lot of bars, and he drinks alcohol. And that's why uh, he learned from him. And it's simple. Here's the thing. If you own your own golf course, you could probably do whatever you want to your own golf course. There's no reason for you to like be nice and to, like I don't know, pick up the coin after you drop the coin to putt. That's assuming that Donald Trump ever waits to putt. That would be an interesting fact. I have no idea. Um, it, it, but if you don't own the golf course, you have to like respect the course and you have to, and I'm trying to put this in the world where Donald Trump understands, you have to respect the other people there. And it's no different. Yes, he doesn't drink, but he doesn't drink because he thinks it makes people weak. And that's sad. And 
if the Biden campaign is smart, they will use that fact. I don't think they will because then it makes it seem like if you're the only way to understand people is to be a drunk, which is not true at all. There's a lot of great designated drivers out there. There's a lot of great sober people out there. You don't have to drink to understand ball culture. If anything, previous to our new reality, bars were becoming more and more friendly family, especially in Washington, D.C., especially during the Nats run. People wanted to watch this in an outdoor setting with their friends and their family. And a lot of people don't drink. And that's perfectly fine to like go to a beer garden to watch the big game. These are things that used to exist. It, it doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say is not ever having that shared experience is detrimental to the world. Right. And and I would I would note too that there um I mean Biden, Joe Biden may not drink, and a lot of people don't drink, uh, and 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 for, for a variety of reasons. But Biden does seem to be uh someone who knows how to be in a in a social setting, um, whether it's a, a union hall or or something like where he doesn't have control over it, or somebody else is uh, has brought people together, um, and and there's a set of like kind of norms and and people. It depends on cooperation. I would I would argue that Trump uh, is is not a bar guy, and and but he is a club guy, and that you it's it's a little bit more exclusive, um, and there are different norms at a place like Mar-a-Lago than there is than say the tune in on on hold Capitol. on a second you're not wrong but if once again if you own the club right you're not really part of the club right if you're part of the club the only way they put your time magazine man of the year cover on the wall is if it's real or they're making fun of you <laughs> i just for some reason i just flashed on the scene from the big lebowski uh with yes. the, uh, the the time the time man of the year uh, mirror jason <laughs> that he, that he you at. are literally part of a club you were literally part of a club and thanks to you i've been able to visit that club do you want to reveal to the kind people which club you're a member of Yes, I belong to the National Press Club. What's on the walls of the National Press Club? Uh, primarily framed uh, front pages of uh, you know b- big news events and, Great. and things like that, and then the photos of past club presidents and and people who uh, you know high end people you know like celebrities who have given talks and things like that. Exactly. Are there any framed magazine covers of fake magazine editions? Not, not that I'm aware of. No, there aren't. <laughs> there aren't. And of course, you're referring to the fake Donald Trump man of the year. It was at Mar-a-Lago, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I mean... Whatever. And that's the thing. This is how it all relates. And it's really depressing where if there was just one candidate that was able to say, listen, actually, no, there was one candidate. George W. Bush was the perfect, I'm your friend in a bar candidate. And he was a recovering alcoholic. You know, like... You don't have to drink to be able to pull this off. Mm -hmm. You just need that empathy. And in social media, there's absolutely no rules to have that empathy because these guys don't, specifically these guys, I'm talking specifically about Mark and Jack, they don't have that experience. They don't know what they're missing. So they don't know what's lacking in these sites that are changing the world. So, so how does that happen? I mean, because these these are guys who are now you know approaching middle age, um, and uh, and or 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 actually past it, um, and they're billionaires. I mean, how do we how do we you know suggest that these norms you know become sort of instituted? I mean, is it is a part of it like just users? You know, oh in, no, it's over. Systems? We've lost. This is completely <laughs> we've completely lost. <laughs> This is okay. This reminds me of hair metal. You remember hair metal? And then like Nirvana killed hair metal. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and then Nirvana killed themselves. And now and now hair metal is perfectly fine. And like, no, no, no. There's going to be moments of like hope and in, in beautiful things that have nothing to do with social media. But no, this is over. We're done. Uh, all of the uh, post-apocalyptic television shows that have all the companies merging into one, that's what we're headed towards. This is not a fun podcast. I'd like to apologize. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the last podcast, uh, and, and uh, Evan, my uh, producer, who's uh, making sure that we don't break anything on this podcast, he can uh, cite that our last podcast was talking to Tim Krupp, a local historian, about the about plagues and uh, how uh, Washington dealt with previous pandemics. So this is actually relatively cheery compared let's, to that one. <laughs> let's transition to plagues. So my fa- no offense to your former guest, my favorite book about plagues is called Get Well Soon. It's by Jennifer right and i came out in 2016 and there's a ton of there's a it's a a, a, a plague a chapter <laughs> a little bit um the 1918 plague this country learned a lot from that this country has learned a lot from every single plague this country's not learned a lot the, the 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 thing that keeps people alive in plagues the things that will let certain families thrive over others is empathy and compassion and that's what social media is lacking because none of these guys had to deal with being told like, hey, you can't yell racist stuff. It doesn't matter if you believe it. You shouldn't believe in that anyways. That's not the point. You can't just say that stuff. It's bad. You can't incite violence. That's bad. If you act with empathy and compassion, you will survive a plague. Everyone will get better. That's how it works. Sooner or later, medicines will develop, vaccines will come out, and we could be kind. To shun people is the worst thing you could possibly do. To deny science is the worst thing. I shouldn't say worst. Worst is one. To deny science is the worst thing you could do, but to, to shun them prevents the progress of science. That's why we need to act like we're always in a bar. <laughs> we need to be three drinks in and right. nice to everyone. <laughs> I wonder like if some of the, you know, the targeting of social media, I mean, if we're reaching a point too, where people um, are, are just going to be like, you know, this, you know, if, 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 if the president goes after them, if they start getting, you know, targeted by the FCC or the FTC, you know, for bias or, or if, if it just becomes this thing that we start to move away from. And I don't know. I mean, I spend, I still, I consciously try to avoid spending too much time on social media and it still feels sort of all encompassing. I mean, we, this is a certain point. This is like how we live now. Do you think that there is, we're, we're just reaching a point, Brandon, where like no. some of it is social media is just going to be like, people are just gonna be like, eh, I don't think I need it as much anymore, especially if it's going to be, you know, no, you're hundred. No, I want you to be right. No, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> you and I are in a bubble. We're, we're in the DC bubble. We're bad people. We know that blah, blah, blah. Um, most everyone I know that used Facebook in 2012, barely used it by 2016 mm-hmm. and doesn't use it at all in 2020. All of those same people are on Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. So right. no, Every single reporter I know, and probably every single reporter you know, uses Twitter, even though they say they hate Twitter. So no, I completely disagree. And then if you look at every single uh, report about how uh, news gets to people outside of our uh, bubble, which people hate, which I understand, uh, it's still Facebook. It's still Instagram. It's still Twitter. It's still those family groups. And you shouldn't break up the family groups. You shouldn't break up the friend groups. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... You can't, if you can't do it in your neighborhood bar, you shouldn't be able to do it on social media. It's not complicated. And isn't one of the issues though, too, that like so much of what's amplified with social media isn't even being done by a human who we can say like, hey, why don't you shut up uh, or or leave the bar? I mean, these are, this this is happening because it's like being, you know, pushed by, by bots. You can't have bots or trolls at all in bars. It's not possible. Now, 
you can have product placement in bars. That's fine. Have product placement. Every bar that I could even that I ever entered in the mid to late aughts was pushing randomly flavored vodka because vodka is the biggest selling spirit in the United States of America and randomly flavored stuff is always cheap and or free from distributors. That's your Russian bot right there. You don't have to drink it. It's fine. (laughs) You could still deal with these problems. We could acknowledge these problems in the exact same way bars will accept free fruity vodkas. And and that just uh, morphed into red uh, white white claw, right? Uh, exactly. <laughs> this time around, <laughs> maybe that's what brought the apocalypse upon us is the uh, just intense interest in in white claw. <laughs> probably the lack of drinking. <laughs> People that are drinking are probably still self quarantining. So, Brandon, I I really appreciate uh, you know you talking about this because I I've, I've always um, you know I I, I know that you're. Uh, uh, in a, in a little way, like sort of a self-loathing DCer now, but I I would be remiss oh, in, no, no, in no, saying no. that I you're have, not from Chicago. And you're, I have you're, no self-loathing uh, <laughs> whatsoever. Well, or or self-aware DCer, but like you're you're Way still too a, aware. You're, you're a Chicago guy. Oh, and, for sure. And I think that that like powers a lot of your observations, and and I think that it's just good to to sort of look at this outside of just you know kind of the way that a lot, a lot of people in politics do. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, do your part and uh, share this on all social media platforms. And if possible, <laughs> please tag it with the most bigoted, hateful things you can, because that will increase the numbers because that's how the algorithms works. Because two people that don't understand making eye contact is important are the ones writing these programs. <laughs> all right. Thanks much. Stay safe. That's going to do it for this edition of Political Theater. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this, please tell a friend. Political Theater is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is owned by Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company.